Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Good evening, everybody. How's everybody doing? I hope everybody said good. One more day to Friday, and we have fall weather here, so I'm happy as a clam. Let me get my little buttons up here. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We are 45 strong up and down the state, and that means we can help you out if you have a paranormal need, whether it's you, whether it's definitely ghosts and things or or cryptids or UFOs, UAPs, we can definitely help you out. It might take us a while to get to you. California is a huge state. Uh, people don't realize how big California is. We could be our own country. California is a huge state. It's also spread out. I mean, like, when, people, when people think of California, what do you think of? You think of beaches. It's kind of like Hawaii, right? You think of beaches and surfers and all that, palm trees. It's like that, uh, at least part of the at least part of it. You get up to Northern California, it gets kind of cooler. People still surf up, up north. They have wetsuits on. <laughs> the water gets frigid. But uh, then you, then as you come further east and you go south and all that, you've got farmland, you've got uh, mountains, you've got desert, you've got high desert. So, I mean, it, it, it's a huge spread of, 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 of an area. That's why it might take us a couple days to get to you. But again, you know, if that comes up on, and that happens, we do have enough psychics on staff to call you and talk to you about what may or may not be going on in, in your particular situation. And in most cases, they can uh, get things calmed down, you know, because it usually doesn't take us more than two or three days to get to you, so they can calm things down remotely. So that's one big one feature that we offer. Anyway, if you're watching from Facebook tonight and you like what you hear, uh, and you haven't done so already, please uh, hit that follow button. I'd really appreciate it. Um, we're always looking for followers and always give, you know, and be sure if you, if you do like the show, you know, give me a thumbs up, show, you know, show, show us some love here because um, doing that and commenting puts us up in the uh, FYP, which means Facebook computers and text see it. So they put us out there to more people and then more people see us, different people and all that. Same thing with YouTube. If you haven't done so already, uh, please subscribe at YouTube. We have over 700 videos sitting over there and they're all different topics. Okay, I'm trying to get everything into categories because it's so confusing when you go into YouTube. You know, it even confuses me. I, I even I have to do searches for stuff. But I'm trying to put everything into different categories, different folders, so I, even I can find stuff easier, and that helps you find stuff easier as well. If you like, if you're into yeah, uh, my mouth. If you're into medium Nancy Nats, um, she's there in her own folder. If you're into UFOs and alien abductions. That's got its own folder. Cryptids have their own folder. Uh, religious things have their own folder. There, there's about 25 folders there right now that you can search through. Okay, and that we can zoom right in on what you want. And again, um, if, if you're watching from YouTube and even Twitch and, and you like what you see in here tonight, feel free to either comment, leave me a thumbs up or, or, or something like that. Because again, it does affect the FYP and how it flows. Now, if you're watching from TikTok and welcome from TikTok, some of my followers on TikTok watching tonight, Welcome. Same thing. You guys know. You guys certainly know the routine because TikTok really works on FYP and how many likes you get and all that. So if you can help me out with that stuff, I'd appreciate it. Okay. 
our guest tonight, um, Kevin Knuth. Uh, the issue is I haven't heard from him uh, since he booked last week. So I don't even know if he's coming on tonight. I'm going to do that heads up right now with you guys. But don't fret if he's not going to be on tonight. You know, I kind of plan to do a one-on-one, -on -one, kind of like we do over, uh, uh, kind of like we do at TikTok, you know, where we just do kind of a one-on-one -on -one and get to know each other. And you guys get to know me a little bit more about me. I got, you know, talk about some of the more interesting investigations, uh, maybe some residentials that the team has done and things like that. And it's just a way to get to know me a little better. Okay. And this gives me a chance to get to know you. And feel free in the chat room. I'll even enlarge it so my, my, my ancient eyes can see it so that I can read. <laughs> I can read the questions that you have. You know, love me. Yeah, it's just a way to get to know me. Um, that's only if he doesn't come in. Okay, so uh, we'll, we'll give him a couple minutes. I don't want to read the book tonight because I'm trying to time everything. You know, every, every holiday season, I do read a paranormal quote Christmas book. It could be, could, it could be about St. Nicholas. It could be about anything. Okay. So I'm trying to time this down in the book. I'm trying to find a book right now and get permission to read. If not, we'll read last year's book. But um, the last year's book was pretty good. Depressing, but it was good. So we might go back to that one if I can't get this other book that I want, that I have my eye on. I have to get a hold of publisher and stuff to get permission. But I'm trying to time it for that. Um, behind Lynn Monet's book, we're going to have another. I'm hoping for, um, at, at, for uh, another book by, from, from another author that, that we've read from before. So I'm hoping to talk to her. I haven't talked to her yet about getting her book, but I'm hoping behind this uh, Lynn Monet's book, we're going to get that book, and then we'll slide into a Christmas book or a holiday-themed horror slash, you know, ghost tale, blah, blah, blah book, you know, okay? So, uh, yeah, so we're, either way, we're going to have that that, that 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 kind of book at the holidays, either it's last year's or another one that I'm, gonna, that I'm trying to get. But, uh, yeah, we can talk for a little while. I'm going to check email for the next, let's give them about five minutes. How's that sound? And then I'm going to check my email every, every so often to see if he comes in. He is a professor, so he's got a real busy schedule. So, like I said, I didn't hear back from him. So, you know, it, it happens to the best of us. But this will give me a chance. You know, I want to talk about uh, things that are coming for the paranormal team itself. I want to talk about things that are coming up for me. That's going to help the show, you know, that, that, that I'm doing to push towards helping in the production of the show and things like that. So we can, you know, talk about that. So, um, I'm not going to say how old I am. Let's just say I'm old enough to know better. You've heard your mom and dad say that kind of thing. I'm old enough to talk like my like my mother and father. <laughs> anyway, my expressions are, are now, you know, have taken on a new life to where I think and sound, actually sound like my mother and father. You know, you, you get to a certain age and you realize that, that they were right about things, right? And so you start to sound like them. And that, that's where I'm at. I'm old enough to, to sound like my parents. So I'm just going to put it that way okay but i want you guys you know i want you guys to get to know me um i try to do these things on tiktok every once in a while and uh it's hard for me it's hard for me to open up of, you know even though I, I do this show you know every day i'm a very private person i'm a very complex person so i try you know i, I it's very hard for me to open up but i i, I want to try to open up more i'm trying to get to where i open up more because tiktok when you're over there it's required you know in fact i can see myself doing some lives over on TikTok, and I see these guys doing it all the time. They'll, up oh, there I go. I tried to reset this thing, didn't have time. But I see these guys on TikTok doing it all the time where, where, where they build a Lego. They spend an hour or two building a Lego, you know, and, and, and their followers love it. And I had, do have uh, Yoda 
Lego here that I'm probably going to do. I always build a Lego over the holidays. So I'll probably do the yoga or I'll do a gingerbread house or something live, you know, just to keep, just to entertain, you know, with both TikTok and you guys. Oh, I also have a Millennium Falcon model that uh, my friend Monica got, bought me before she passed away. So I have that to build as well. So, I mean, there's stuff to do. So I'm going to do things like that. It's, it's a, and it's all well ways to reach out to you guys, you know, the, the loyal listeners and, and all that for, for the show, you know. So it's, so it's going to be interesting for you because, you know. But again, you know, it's like I'm not going to do that very often, but it's just something to do. I, you know, there's these big time creators that I follow on TikTok. I'm following, you know, in their format and what they do because I figure they know what they're doing. They're over there, you know. At the top of the game on TikTok, so you know I'm just learning from them, and I'm still learning from them. In fact, there's there's one that I particularly talk to all the time, and she gives me a lot of advice. And if you ever get a chance, and <laughs> and you're into uh, really offbeat stuff and, and kind of racy stuff, okay, you know, but I always say we're PG-13 rated R between this, you know, between this show and you know what we do on the, on these networks and TikTok. She's definitely rated R. Her name is Roxy. You know what is this? Roxy Lower Line. I don't know. Lower Slash. I don't know how you say that. Roxy Lower Slash Tart. You want to check her out. She's pretty funny. She's pretty funny. She'll uh, go to Disneyland every once in a while, and then, and then she does other stuff. So it's, it's pretty fun with her. So I'm just looking, you know, just give her a call out. Because she does help me with a lot of, of forever asking her questions, you know, about uh, you know, how much content creation I have to do and stuff because I'm, I'm new at this. I mean, I'm new at the TikTok game. And uh, so I'm forever, I'm forever, I'm forever picking her brain. And she's, she's really good about talking to me about it. Anyway, it looks like our guest is a no show. So that's okay. Okay. Let's not, let's not hit the panic button here. So I'm going to talk about myself a little bit. Like I said, I'm not going to tell you how old I am. I'm old enough to, like I said, talk, talk like my mom and dad now and, and think like my, think like my dad when I'm out driving. I have his thoughts come through my head. That's really funny. It's really scary when that starts to happen to you. And you can realize, oh, my God, I'm turning to my parents. But, I mean, you know, that's just it's all part of growing up. Um, I did take care of my mom and dad combined um, for around 10 years, 10, 11 years. I, I uh, retired from work uh, as a journalist, a photojournalist, very successful award-winning photojournalist and journalist. I retired from that job to take care of my family, and I did. I still freelance for various newspapers around the state of California, but not very, not, not as often as I used to. Um, when COVID hit, a lot of those jobs dried up. A lot of that dried up, you know, where people couldn't afford to do stuff anymore. And they learned, you know, because people weren't out in the field working, they learned how to function without having a lot of other bodies out working with them. So some of the smaller papers, uh, a lot of that dried up. So, you know, it's been, I've been focusing. And it was funny because after my mother passed away and I was starting to gear up again to go out and work as a, as a full-time uh, freelancer, um, not only did, a, did that AB bill kick in, that messed everything up, but then COVID hit, of course. But my friends, one in particular, kept saying, well, uh, you know, you need to focus on the paranormal. That's what you do best. And I thought, man, I don't want to spend eternity being known for, for, for paranormal stuff. I, you know, I'd rather be known as a writer, but you know what? Fate works in weird ways, and so here I am doing this, and this is pretty much a full-time gig for me to do because, I mean, I'm, I'm concentrating on, on, on Facebook, YouTube, 
Twitch, TikTok, Twitter, you know, so I'm, I'm everywhere. In fact, there's a couple others that I'm going to be getting involved with, you know, so um, I'm just going to keep expanding out and expanding out. I'm also uh, hoping that everything goes well. I've got everything turned in for my college application. So I'm hoping to get my finance, you know, my uh, Pell Grants and all that to go to film school. And it's it, it's a goal I had when I went into a community college, but I waited a while. I got out of high school and went to work for 10 years and decided to go back to school. When I went to community college, I didn't know what I really wanted to do, you know, and, and journalism came up as, a, as the last thing, possible thing on my list, but I ended up going that way. But I, I took classes like recording studio engineering. I, 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 I have certificates in, in photography. You know, I, I've done all the photography classes. I've done portrait photography and all this. So I know how to do all that. I took stage classes. I learned how to do stage lighting. I learned how to do stage makeup. I learned how to do all that stuff. In addition to like doing creepy things at Halloween. I mean, I was really, made my, created my own makeup effects and everything else for Halloween. So I had all that experience. So, you know, I've always been kind of leaning towards a video photography kind of thing, you know, in audio. And believe me, um, you know, I've learned, uh, you know, I've learned software. I mean, even recording studio engineering, I've learned uh, back then Adobe software, uh, you know, for the recording studio stuff, which is how I'm able to do so well on the EVPs that my team gets when they're out in the field. I mean, you know, I'm the person that does that. Just like the photography and the video, you know, I learned so much about photography and lighting. And just even by taking stage lighting, I learned how to do that. You know, I learned all about the different lighting and how it works. And so I'm able to go through these videos, just like you guys have noticed probably on all my, on all the formats, including TikTok, I've been doing critiques of different uh, purported ghost videos, you know, pe people seeing ghosts and they film them. Well, that's how I'm able to do that. that. That's the qualifications I have to do that. And that I've worked with video software, I've worked with Adobe software, I've, I've worked with all the latest video software, not just Adobe, but everything else, everything they're using in Hollywood. I've I've used. Okay. So I know about video software. I know the tricks that people can play with can play with that software to, to make it appear to be a ghost or make it appear to be this or that or make it appear that a door opens and whatnot. So I know about that just like photography. I know about all the tricks that can happen with that as well. Audio too. If somebody's trying to mess around with audio, I can tell when they're messing around with audio. When I do EVP work for my team, I have created and I'm using Adobe for that. When I do uh, EVP work for my team, I have created uh, folders, folders full of sounds from over the years. You know, you'd be surprised how much a wash machine can sound like somebody talking. It's true. A wash machine can sound like a, sound like a voice, okay? So there's different things in a house that you may not think of that could sound like a voice. So I have files of all these things. So when we do an investigation and, and, and we go out and I'm listening to these EVPs with my you know, that my team have done, I go back and compare it. I, if, if I find it suspect and I think, well, yeah, it sounds like a washing machine or some kind of electronic thing, I'm able to go back and do a comparison file and look at the sound wave and see if, if it matches. So I have that, you know, I have that knowledge how to do that. So I have, I must have like 100, 150 sounds on file that I can go back on. Just like a rule we have as a team when we're doing EVP sessions is uh, everybody will say their voice in a normal voice. Everybody will say their voice in a whisper voice because it is so hard and I don't care how good your team is. You know, I don't care how good your people are. 
it is so hard to not do an extended EVP session and not whisper because you figure the record the recorder won't pick you up. Okay. But the thing to remember is a lot of the EVPs that we come up with or that we're able to get are whispers. So it can get really dangerous if, if you don't realize, you know, if the investigator doesn't say, well, that was me whispering or that was me belching or that was my stomach or whatever. It can get really confusing in your EVPs. So I have files of everybody's whisper voices as well. So I'm able to go through and do a compare contrast with those as well, which makes what which makes what we're pulling for EVPs a lot more accurate. All right. Um, this thing with going to college, what that's going to do for me right now is that being a journalist and a photojournalist like I am, I went to, I was in school when AOL was the only game in town for internet. All right. People were still using those old Mac desktops with the big smiles on them in the box. And so I had to learn anything that had to do with uh, internet, you know, Facebook, you know, social media, I had to teach myself over the years. And I've been pretty good about staying like in pace with it because I'm the first, I love tech stuff. I love that kind of stuff. So, you know, yeah, over the years, you know, I helped one of the newspaper, you know, I, I, like I had video cameras because originally I was shooting a TV show for California Haunts, criminal investigation. It was originally, it was a TV show called California Haunts. And um, so we were shooting with uh broadcast quality cameras. So I was already doing that. And so when I started to work for some of the newspapers, they didn't have that kind of equipment on hand. And this is way before people, you know, newspapers were going out. These, these cell phones didn't do this stuff. Okay, They were flip phones or they were the old kind you saw in the car that you picked up and that was it. You know, the old kind. And so I actually got one of the newspapers I was working with to start shooting video, you know, once their website came up. So they could post not so much live video, but tape video sections up, up on their website. And so they were using my equipment for a while, you know, so I was, I was getting, I was getting them to do that and that kind of thing. So again, you know, I've, I've done a lot of video work and whatnot. Um, so that was part of what I was doing, but getting back to this thing with wanting to go back to college, uh, there's that part of the social media journalism that I don't know. Okay. So that's part of what I want to learn. Also, you know, social media trends. To be able to watch out for these trends that's one thing I, I i don't know either so i want to learn that and that's part of the reason why i want to go to college you know and then i have this training for audio right with with adobe audition but if i do this college course i'll also have training for the latest audio that they're using in all the recording studios right now i'm going to learn new techniques for audio that i don't know of so that's that's one of the pluses as well. It's going to essentially it's going to extend what I already learned in in, in community college. It's going to extend extend. What's the word? Compound that or extend upon that? Hey, let me check my email really fast. I don't want to be weird. Not you know, especially what wonders what's going on or something. No. Okay. Oh. All right. Let's see if we can get him back on another day. We'll see. Anyway, yeah. So I'm trying to expand on what I already have learned. You know, going you know, going to school, community college in the past, and that's what this will do for me. It's got a photo, it's got it's got a Photoshop section with it, so I'll learn you know new effects that way with Photoshop and photo editing, and you know, it's it's, it's going to be like a uh, if everything goes well, it's going to be primarily a social media degree once I get done with it, and like I said, it's it's going to it's going to expand upon everything that I learned in college, so. I'll, 
I'll, I'll know more a lot more about video editing. That's going to be a plus. You know how to do great short videos and and you know whatnot and and you know just expand on my on my photography. It's going to expand on my um, recording studio knowledge. You know it's going to expand on all that stuff. It's going to be you know presentation for hosting shows. It's going to be all about that, all about that stuff. So that's that's what it, I'm just praying it goes through. And part of the gig is that. Um, Included with the first semester tuition, I will get equipment to work with. That will be my equipment. So I'll, uh, I will get a 16-inch Apple Retina Scan touchscreen computer laptop to work with. I'll be getting a, a Yeti mic. Definitely better equipment than what I'm using now. And I'll also be getting a 10-inch tablet, which I my tablet's so old I can't even update it at this point. I can't upgrade my tablet. So, uh, you know, I, I, all my equipment's old. Yeah, except for my laptop, but this laptop is not the best for doing what I'm doing. So it, it'll be nice to get better equipment to work with as well. And then the software, of course, is mine. I mean, once you know it's, it's done, it's coming with the package, and boom, the software is mine. So I'm really excited about all that too. You know, for that, for the sound engineering stuff. So um, it's definitely going to not only enhance the shows, but it's going to enhance the, our ghost our, our ghost hunting abilities. You know, and, and the results that that we get and how, and how we do that and all that good stuff. Um, a lot of you probably know, or, you know, for some of you don't know that I grew up in, with an active uh, mind. I saw stuff all the time as a kid. Uh, and um, as my sister used to say, I had this huge imagination and it really came down to it really wasn't an imagination. I was seeing beings in my house uh, somewhere. As I, when I was young, they were dark. They appeared in shadows, not menacing, but shadows. But then as I got older, I would see them in three dimensions. And then that kind of stopped. I hit my teen years. That kind of stopped. And then once I got past my teen years, boom, it came back. It really came back when I was in my 30s and I started hanging out, you know, filming for Cal the California House TV show with the other paranormal group. Then I really started having stuff. But there was stuff that happened in between, like, an event, um, I used to travel a lot, and my friend and I were on the Queen Mary, and I had an issue on the Queen Mary that uh, where I got physically ill on the Queen Mary. And um, turns out it was probably one one of the ghosts of Queen Mary that kind of went, ran through my system, you know, and I didn't know it. I didn't know anything about that at that point. You know, I didn't study hard into it, even though I had watched the TV shows like everybody else, right? But I um, had that happen on, on the Queen Mary, and uh, I was, because uh, I used to do direct, I was always in business for myself, and at one time I was doing direct mail advertising, and I went to pick up some stuff in an uh, apartment complex here in Sacramento, and I uh, was getting in this elevator, and was standing there, and I got the most uncomfortable feeling I've ever gotten anywhere in my life, and I even got out of the elevator, I came home, and I sent my dad to go pick the stuff up, and, and, he, and, the, and he did, he didn't feel anything in there, but I found out later that there had been a, a, a murder in this elevator like two weeks before. So that's probably the energy I was feeling. So I was really uncomfortable with it. But then, like I said, when I got in with the paranormal group to film them for their for, for the show, things really took off from there. And I started experiencing all kinds of stuff at my house. And it's just been nonstop from that. You know, I, I'm always experiencing stuff, and especially here, you know. And, uh, I'm glad it's mostly family now. My mother, you know, after she passed, I, I, I kind of experienced her here. Uh, you know, I did something. When, when my mother passed, 
she's very particular about people touching. I'm just going to put it that way: people touching her. I'm going to leave it at that. And so I promised her I would always clean her up and, and make her smell good before <laughs> before anybody touched her. So I, I, after she passed, I, I cleaned her up, bathed her, and I bathed her because I wanted to see. You know, after all these years, you know, I've done I've done internal investigation for 18 years. After all these years of investigating and hearing the stories about people that come and you smell lavender or whatever you smell after they've had, you know, or the perfume they wore, whatever, or cigar smoke, like my dad smoked cigars, I wanted to see. So I, while I was cleaning her up, I made sure she was in a cer certain scented soap that I used. And sure enough, the day she died, you know, I had friends over sitting with me and uh, they could smell it too. I could smell it. The, 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 the smell was moving around the living room while we were talking about everything. And uh, I even mentioned it to my friend who agreed with me that, yeah, I smell it too. The day of her funeral, and then, uh, then two days later, I woke up in the morning to see her sitting on the couch watching me. So she was really, you know, here. And uh, there have been other events. And uh, the day of her funeral, I remember going over the little meals or going to, even going to the cemetery and we, we, we could smell her in the car so she was with us going to the cemetery and she was also with us going to the after thing you know for the food look at that my hand is on crooked look at this okay let me let me let, let me do this i hate when my hands are crooked okay anyway um so she was in the car with us doing that but i still feel her i still smell her once in a while i'll 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 smell her in the hallway or i'll smell her in the living room she sits and watches tv um I'll, we'll be working I'll be watching something on TV and, I, and she'll laugh. I, I can hear her laugh out loud. Or like she used to do when we went to the movies because she would get spooked at the movies. She would grab my hand and she would dig her nails into my palm. And so I'll be watching TV and I feel her dig her nails into my palm. So she's here. Halloween last year when I got all my Halloween stuff out, I went out front to check everything out. And I, and I caught a whiff of her. So she was out there checking that out, you know. And uh, it, it, it's a comforting feeling, and I'm glad I, I'm glad I could smell that because I know it's her every time when she's here. So anyway, and, and my dad's around, and uh, long story short, my dad, you know, we kind of had our moments, and uh, I'm just getting to where I am forgiving. I'm just going to put it that way, you know, of, of, of what went down. And um, but the funny thing about it was uh, when I was diagnosed with congestive heart failure. In 20, what was it, 2018? Oh, I'm sorry, 2017. I've had it for a while. I think it was more like 2016. It's been a while. And um, I was scared to death. My dad had it. And I was here alone. You know, my mom was here, but I was here alone because my, my mother had uh, forgetfulness issues. And so let's just have it here alone. And I remember when I was going in for my procedures and how scared to death I was. And I would go in for the, I went in for this one where they put dye in your um, veins and stuff so, so they can monitor if, if you, if, you know, see if you have a blockage or not. And every time I would go in, my heart rate would jump. I mean, it would really jump. And they'd have to pull me out. So finally, I had, you know, uh, I, I even had like a Walkman to go in with and, and it still didn't help. So I remember the last time I went in there, it was, it was my last shot at it because they were getting tired. It was like my fifth try going in this thing. I'm sitting in a little waiting room, and um, they had, I think, like 
a pop station was on the radio and I'm, I'm sitting there in the waiting room and I'm like, okay, I, I have to do this. Somehow I'm going to have to stay calm to do this. And the pop station changed. It changed to a big bad channel. And I thought, that is just weird, right? And I thought, well, maybe maybe somebody changed, changed the station. You know, I, I was kind of thinking, you know, there's always possibility. And then this song came on and it was my dad's most favorite song. And I knew it right then and there. It was my dad talking to me. You know, trying to calm me down. He was there with me. Um, leading up to my heart failure, I have a kitchen light that I couldn't keep on. The thing would blow out all the time where it would blink constantly. And the kitchen light was positioned over this chair where he would sit and watch TV. And, you know, that's where he hung out. And that was happening all the time. So he has been here off and on. In fact, before I went into the hospital to get looked at, because at the time I have real bad allergies and I have borderline asthma. So at the time that I was diagnosed, there were a lot of fires. And I just figured that my breathing problems were because of the fires and the smoke. And I remember like sleeping in, in fact, was when the studio wasn't in here and I was working across the way here in the room, I used to sleep upright because I couldn't breathe at night. And one day I walked in here and I used to have those apps on the phone, which I don't have anymore. There's only a couple I use on my phone. Um, you know, the, the, the ghost apps for communication. I walked in here, the app was on my phone and the message was go to hospital. I thought, and I thought, okay, that's really strange. Within a month I was at Kaiser and I got diagnosed. So I think that was my dad, you know, trying to tell me that he wanted me to go to the hospital. So I have, you know, since they passed, I, like I said, I have had contact, I had more contact with my mother than, than my dad has occurred. And I can honestly say too that the activity, because this house was always active, especially with my ghost hunting and everything, that since my mother has passed, the house has calmed down 100%. There hasn't been a lot of activity. And if there is, it's usually, you know, a relative. I, but I know I know my dad's here. In the last few months, my dad has been here. So, does it bother me? No, it doesn't bother me. You know, I can tell when I go ghost hunting, I can tell if I bring somebody home that that doesn't belong here. You know, if, if they come from wherever I do the, you know, the job at, because they don't act the same. It's kind of like, it's like your family. You can tell when an outside, when an outside person comes into your house that doesn't know how to have, a good example of that is, uh, I, I grew up um, with an Italian friend and um, it was funny because to this day, they still make fun of me and how I eat spaghetti, right? Because Italians eat spaghetti a certain way. And me, of course, me being me, half, Mex half Mexican, half Hungarian, you know. So I would go over there and eat my spaghetti and the whole family would, would laugh at me. You know, so that's, so the point is that you could tell when there's somebody in your house that, that, that just isn't part of your family because they, they just don't act like, well, like members of your family do, right? So that's how I could tell. Or weird things happen. Like I've been on investigations where they front of my air conditioning system because I threw the wall old old style air conditioning here where the front of the air conditioner has been ripped off and, and, and thrown across the house you know that, that's obviously not my family you, know, you can always tell so you know so that's happened 
So that's why I mean, you can always tell when it's not somebody who belongs to your family. Or I picked up a, 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 a Chinese restaurant down here on Arden and just driving by, I picked up someone. And it came home with me and there's stuff, you know, sitting in the other, because the other studio over there, the big studio. And um, stuff was falling behind me. Stuff was being thrown on the ground. And that's definitely on my family. You know, so I know. And I, I know the difference. But it's been an interesting ride, you know, and, and with that, you know, I, that's why when I go back on there and I think about my friend saying, hey, you, you should focus on the ghost hunting. And I thought, why? I don't want to be known for that. But apparently I am. So here we are, you know, here we are at this show, you know, and I'm, I'm very camera shy. And that's why you'll, part, part of it is, uh, you know, the camera puts weight on you. And uh, that's why the mic is where it's at, because I really don't like this. I don't like my double chin. So I would rather not show that, in all honesty. You know, I have a filter I use on, on uh, TikTok. People laugh at me for the filter, but, you know, if I was, you know, I look at it this way, I've been doing this for the show, you know, see, 18 years I've been ghost hunter, probably 16 of those years, or 14 of those years, I've been doing a show in one format or another, you know, with Block Talk Radio, and then, and then I'm looking at I'm looking at my old uh, logo up there, Block Talk Radio and Talk Shoe. And then finally over here, you know, and it took a lot for me to make that decision to go video, because I I'm I'm a very shy like I said I'm a very shy person, and then I I don't I'm one of these people I don't like the way I look on camera. I mean that's why I'm a newspaper reporter, right? I don't have to get in front of a camera. That's the whole thing, you know. But it's taken a lot for me to come out of my shell to even do this, you know, to come out in front of people and do this stuff. It takes a lot for me to go over on TikTok and make, do that content creation. I love doing it. I love it. I have, I have so much fun doing it, but it takes a lot for me to do that. And then getting back to the filter that I use over on TikTok, you know, if I was doing, I meant, when I was working for the newspapers and let's say you had, you took it, you took a picture of somebody, you know, we don't doctor, let's get this straight right now. Real journalists do not doctor photos. We don't do that for people. We don't cut things out of photos. We don't make people look better than they should. Yada, yada, yada. That's a no-no. That's a sacred no-no for uh, journalists, photojournalists. And the only thing we would do is if somebody's teeth weren't as white as they could be, we would make their teeth white. That's what we would do. Nothing wrong with that. There's somebody nice looking teeth for the paper. But that's all we would do. However, magazines are a different ballgame. Especially, I just dropped off again to Mario. I tried to get this thing reset for the internet before I started and ran out of time. Didn't get to do it. But magazines are a whole different ball, a whole, a whole other animal. Especially fashion magazines. Things like Vogue and all those magazines. There you get a lot of retouching. So my philosophy, and, uh, and I know this is a crazy bullshit, my philosophy is if I was a big-time podcaster, and I mean, I'm talking big-time, big numbers, big money, big TikToker, yada, 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 and a magazine did an interview with me, they would definitely be doing touch-ups. No questions about it. So I figure since I'm doing all the social media, it's okay to do that. Go ahead and use the filter. It's not going to hurt anything. You know, 
Because it makes me feel better too. <laughs> it makes me feel like I'm 10 years younger. Um, at some point, the weight's going to come off, and it will. I've been having a lot of health problems, and it seems like one health problem is going to the wayside now. And so I'll be, if, if everything goes well, within if I get another month of, of not falling ill to this other problem, then I'll want to really start focusing on dropping another 30, 40 pounds and getting back to where I used to be. Okay. It's just that my food intake has been really weird and, and I've never had to compensate and no matter what I do, I'm to compensate. So anyway, I don't want to talk about that. Um, so I've got all this experience with audio. I've got all this experience with video. I've got all this experience with photo. To the extent that when my mother passed, Monica Funk, who was my number one before she passed away, helped me build the studio in the other room. And I have a full, um, full, fully functional photo and video studio in what used to be my mother's bedroom. All the lighting is there. Everything is there. So I have that capability. And, I, and I've, I've used it for a few things on TikTok. And uh, it's, it's worked out really well in there. This is a smaller studio. This is a bigger room, but it's a smaller studio. There's six, there's four computers. Uh, right now, there's four laptops in here, two to be five. Um, at some point with this show, as it grows, and I'm almost there now, I'm going to have a producer working behind me, behind the screen here. It'll be like, it'll be like the Wizard of Oz with the wizard back there. And I'll have a working producer back there that will be the fifth laptop added. But I have a video-only computer in the corner that does nothing but video. It's got all the big memory on there. Um, but this is a bigger room. And so what I did was, and I think I'm going to do a video on it for people that are interested in having a studio in their home but don't have a lot of space for one. If they're going to you know, do the studio gig like this for a podcast. I was able to um, take, out one, take out the closet doors and one of the closets. The closets in this house aren't very big. So I was able to take out the closet doors and I was able to literally build a studio on the cheap. And I mean cheap in here. And so I'm talking to you from a closet, literally talking to you from a closet. <laughs> from a closet. And like I said, not a very two-door closet, not a very big one. So I don't walk in or anything like that. So around, I would say the closet begins probably from where I am right here, it begins at about three feet. And right here is the computer, is right here. Closet begins about a foot or half a foot in front of the computer. And so I'm literally talking into a closet for sound after. And again, I went to you know, I went to school for recording studio engineering, so I know how to do this stuff. But I did it on the cheap. So I'm really considering doing a video on it or how to because I know there's a lot of people out there that want to build the studio, build their home studio on, you know, on, on the cheap. And I did it all on the cheap to do this here. Just like the other room when I built that one, being a photo video studio, I didn't realize the echo was going to be that bad because it's not a very big room. And then I ended up using sound blankets in there on the walls for when I'm doing dialogue work. But in here, it's the, the, the sound quality is excellent. I built this thing. And it was on the cheap. I used... I used foam stuff from Wish. You know, I, I, didn't, I didn't use real expensive foam. And I, it's removable, so that it's not permanent. It's, it's all done with removable stuff that, that I did in here. So, the, I, so I, I think I'm going to be doing a video on that to show how I built it up. But uh, like I said, everything I'm doing for college, that I intend to do for college, 
is going to be beneficial for not only the ghost hunting part of what my team does, but it's also going to be beneficial for this because I'm going to learn a lot more on presentations and social media stuff. So I'm looking forward to actually going to college. You know, um, I'm sorry the show's not what you guys thought it was going to be tonight. I apologize for that. Uh, I kind of had a feeling because I hadn't heard from him. I sent out two confirmations, you know, and I, I kind of had a weird feeling about it. And um, so I kind of prepared myself for tonight, you know, to have a chat. But yeah, <laughs> it just happens. But that's a little bit about me. Um, like I said, you wouldn't realize it because I'm on the air all the time. And, you know, I'm teaching psychic development classes and I'm doing all this other stuff all the time. But I'm a very, very private person. You know, I like to have fun like anybody else, but I, I, I like to do my own thing. I've always got two or three uh, craft projects going here or, you know, I'm building things or, or something's going on here all the time that I'm doing. In fact, I'm, as soon as it really cools down, back out in my backyard, I'm going to get my backyard cleaned up for the winter. You know, get all that stuff done, but I'm swinging into the holidays. I'm swinging into Halloween. So that means bringing the stuff out of the shed, doing dead things, get ready for my front yard. Always do a front yard thing. Day after that, knock it all down, start swinging at Christmas. Always do a Christmas display. So it's going to, it's going to be a busy next few months. Um, talk about investigations we've done. Um, as a team, you know, you do residentials. You don't like to talk about them all the time because, you know, people don't want their private stuff out. Like every time we do a, I do the website and I'm talking about a family. It's always, it's always a house in Northern California. It's always a family in Northern California. And uh, we, we never ID where it is exactly or who the family is. But there have been some very interesting cases. And one we did uh, within a couple of years ago, because, you know, this COVID and everything, um, the last case we did was probably the last two or three months of COVID. And then it's, and then I've, I've started to focus on this. Because now once I went full time with this, this is my focus. I'm trying to. Get, you know, income generation going and all this to keep things going and whatnot. It's been a major focus. The team's going to get start. Uh, we got we got a meeting planned uh, for the end of September, and, uh, the first part of October. We're going to have a meeting because I, I did recruit some new members and stuff, so the team is going to get back out and get back into action. But we've kind of does it. Plus, we've lost a couple of key team members. Monica passed away. Trina passed away. You know, we've had about going on, you know, and I ended up uh, getting, and I thankfully got about, got most of Monica's equipment, if not all of it, and so I've had to go through that and figure out where a lot of it was and how to use it, and, you know, with that learning curve, and um, there's going to be a training thing with my team members to go over all that equipment to learn how to use it and whatnot, so there's a big learning curve going on, but we are going to be getting back out there. I'm real excited about it. In fact, I think we're going to be going out with the media in October doing investigation. But again, I can talk about um, one in particular that happened probably a year before COVID, maybe two years before COVID happened, and it was in Northern California. And it was a, it was an interesting family. Um, one of the sons was, excuse me, one of the sons was disabled, and it was a mother and father taking care of him, and they were an older couple that were taking care of him. They were kind of stressed. It was you know, a lot of stress taking care of him, like that. And they had a photo that they had taken of a, what I call a legit apparition. And, you know, unless we see the photo or, we, or there's, you know, because we always have a rule as ghost hunters that we want to have three photos in a row in the same spot. 
so we can see you know what's going on with the lighting and everything there in this case here's the photo you know. so unfortunately when we get something like that we can say oh that looks great however you know there's really nothing to back this up we weren't here so we don't know so um that was one of those deals where and to me it looked like the sun the, the, the disabled sun so um yeah so we didn't you know think too much about it uh they were religious a very religious family and uh, they felt that there was a demon in the house and as i walked around when we did the preliminary because we always um we got a hundred question questionnaire when we go out when we talk with people and it's a very thorough questionnaire in fact i just added a bunch of stuff on there related to, to demonology um i'll interview somebody and usually somebody else will walk around and take photos get measurements on the house and bring stuff. we're very thorough when we go out but on this case there were only two of us there so i let jeff ask the questions and I went ahead and did the walk around. And I was noticing that they had less religious photos on the walls, icons, up on the walls of the rooms. And I kept hearing them saying, no, we think it's a demon, this, that, and thing. So I came out and I was very honest about it. And I came out to talk to um, the husband and wife. And I said, look, um, to be perfectly honest, I see you've got crosses on your walls. You've got, for, you know, you've got religious photos on your walls. If this was a demon, those wouldn't be there. Those would be on the floor. You'd be having a lot of problems with that. They'd be knocked on the floor. And they, they were kind of shocked about that. I said, I realize you had help for the church and all this coming out. But yeah, if this was a demon, that, you know, those wouldn't be there. I, I can pretty much guarantee it. So it was an interesting case because it took, it's probably one of the longer cases that I've ever done where it's taken me a long, or taken us a long time to figure out what was going on in this house. There was a lot of chaos. Um, the the, the uh, father in this case, um, had, I'm, I'm trying to say this nicely, explosive personality, I think is the best thing I could say about it. You know, he was very pushy, very explosive, like everything his own way, you know, was very upset all the time. Um, and the mother in the case, I don't know if she ever argued back. I never saw her argue back or anything with him. But she seemed to be the calmer of the two. And a lot of the most of the events that happened actually happened to the father and the, and the, and the disabled son, things that were going on in this house. And I remember I'm always open with cases. People can send me photos all the time so I can look and see what's going on. They can call me all the time so I can look and hear what's going on in the house. And so he would send me all kinds of stuff, you know, all kind, you know, look at like this bush in particular, half of it was burned and dry and the other half was green. And, you know, that can happen with certain um, diseases for bushes. There was a light in his um, garage that would shine on this desk. And he thought it was paranormal. And, uh, and after going over there and, and taking a look around, it, 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 it was a whole and the garage door itself where this light was coming through. We have some water real quick. So, I mean, I was able to debunk a lot of stuff. What was interesting was he, um, he would have visions and stuff. And, um, you know, and that's where the question comes up when somebody says that, uh, you know, are you, maybe this person's hallucinating. 
or whatever, but he would have these visions and uh, of, of like dead animals, uh, his dead dogs and things like that. And, you know, that's one question we have in our questionnaire is, questionnaire is have, has, have you had any kind of medical procedures? Are you on any kind of medications for certain things? And it came up in, in the first conversation that we had with him that he had had a brain tumor and he was still medicated for the brain, you know, for this. And as he started to tell me the things that were going on in the house, the alarms were going off in my head. And I thought, you know, this almost sounds like he, that he may have another brain tumor. And at that time, I didn't say anything to him. I just let him tell his story. We were there about three hours. And he told his story. And he would argue with his wife. You know, and, you know, and just, just his personality. I mean, I'm just talking majorly explosive. And um, I talked to the son because a lot of the stuff would happen when the father and the son were in the same room. You know, because the father would say the son's eyes turned red and all this was going on and things would move about. He thought he thought he really thought it was the son or quote unquote it was a demon doing it. And then when I brought up the fact that I didn't think it was a demon, he got really angry. To the point that I said, you know, sir, I I can't talk to you when you're like this. We're going to have to leave. And then he calmed down. And um, so I brought it up to his wife and I said, you know, uh, maybe he should see go see a doctor because something's going on here. You know, he's, he's, he's acting irrationally. And maybe he's got another tumor. And she said, well, I don't think so, but I'll, I'll see if I can get him to go in. So we went out to the investigation. It went all right. Um, we had to leave at some point because he became irate. But we did do, uh, you know, some ITC work with water where, where you, you shine a bright light on water and you put your finger in the water and you stir it up and the psychic will ask questions. We did pick up some images from that. I picked up a gentleman with a mustache. I picked up uh, Winnie the Pooh, which turned out the Winnie the Pooh that I picked up was sitting on the floor of the son's bedroom. Um, yeah. You know, things like that, you know. And uh, so we went out. Then we did that and um, still couldn't figure this thing out. I mean, it was really perplexing. I just, I just could not, I was just banging my head against the wall with it. Um, and then it all clicked one day and uh, she called me and said, well, we, we went to see the doctor and he does have a tumor growing. And I went, really? And, and where is this tumor located? When detail talked to them about it. And this tumor would in fact cause hallucinations. So the voices he was hearing, because that was one of his chief complaints, was he was hearing voices, and um, you know he would see things in the house, and etc. etc. Like when his son's eyes turned red and, and all this. Um, and so that started to make a little more sense. So then it dawned on me, and I said, "Does this stuff happen when he's awake, or is this stuff happening when he's asleep?" And she said, "Well." Sometimes he'll be half asleep and this stuff starts to happen. And then it dawned on me that it was polter that it could be poltergeist activity. That because of his anger. Because I'm telling you, this gentleman was angry like all the time. All the time. And so we made one more trip out there. And uh, oh I take it back. There was another trip. So I get on the phone, I'm on the phone with Nancy Matt and a couple other of my team psychics, and we're trying to sort all this stuff out. 
you know, to find out. I mean, it's just so convoluted between him being angry. Is it poltergeist activity that we're dealing with or what's going on? Because we did the investigation and we didn't really get any EVPs out of it. The only thing I got ended up getting was the stuff from, from the ITC. You know, the images from, from that ITC. And there was a man with a mustache in there. And I remember showing them the photos. They didn't recognize who it was. So, you know, it was a square one thing where you're trying to bang your head because you know there's something going on in this house, but you don't know quite what is going on. You know, we've looked at all the logical stuff, we've, all the logical possibilities. You know, we've got people on staff that do social welfare, you know, that do social workers, they're psychologists and stuff, and we just kept banging our heads. And it was just, I didn't, and finally, like I, when I finally thought, maybe this guy is poltergeist, I was talking to Nancy about it, and she agreed with me that he was causing a lot of it because his energy was so chaotic in the house. So that made a lot of sense, you know, this poltergeist activity. But yet there was still something, and, Nancy, and even Nancy said, there's still someone there besides him. Someone that's like a protector. And I thought, well, that's out there, right? So the last time we went out, uh, Monica Funk went with us. Monica was a really tough individual. She didn't take any crap off anybody. I'm more shy that way. And so we go out there and uh, we're, we're going to do a couple more things to settle it all down. And, and, but I thought I had the answers with the poltergeist activity. So I kind of had more of it, you know, this protector entity that was supposed to be there. So I thought I had more to work with. And so um, Monica went out there, uh, Trish, go, uh, Trish went out there, our psychic Trish. And uh, we start to put things together to do the investigation. I wasn't going to set up a bunch of equipment that night. I was just going out with a video camera, you know, to film, because it was going to be a quick, a quick trip where we hoped to talk with this other entity out there. That's why Trish went to see if we could find out what was going on with this other entity. So uh, we go out there. We're not there five minutes, and the gentleman's already all over screaming at us. I mean, literally screaming at us. So I just went, I'm packing it up. I'm not going to put up with this crap. And I told him that I don't have to put up with this. We're leaving. And so Monica, we, we, all, we all get ready to leave. We get in the car. Monica goes back in, gets him to calm down. So we get back in the house. We go into this one room, the, this, her sitting, the, the wife's sitting room, and Trish starts to channel. And unfortunately, uh, the video camera battery went out, which happens. When you have a real strong entity, they will drain batteries. And in this case, uh, the video camera completely drained the battery down. And so I had my um, phone going. I was recording. At least I was recording audio at that point. Because I didn't think I needed, you know. Anyway, so Trish starts the channel. And she picks up on this spirit of a younger man in his 20s. And he starts to talk to us. She's channeling him. And the story he gives us is that he lived in a house on that property years and years before that the, the existing house was even built. And that he was a drug taker and that his family wasn't happy with him. So in an act of revenge, he burned the house down because he got angry at his father. But what he didn't realize was that his mother was still in the house and she died he went back in to help her and he died as well so he was stuck there on the property did some research found out this is exactly what happened 
20, 30 years before this house was even built. Okay, there was a fire there, took two lives, yada, yada, yada. Okay, so we're talking to him through, through Trish. And Trish said, well, you know, Trish wanted to help him cross over. To end, you know, because he was in a vicious circle where he wasn't, he was just stuck there. And uh, he said he wouldn't because he was protecting the, the son, the disabled son. Now, right away, my antenna go up and I'm, I'm going, okay, what are you protecting the son from? Because I'm thinking, well, there's another entity here or something that's, he's protecting. He, this kid was afraid of the father. Okay, this goes back to a father thing, right? Because his story is, is that his father didn't like him on drugs and there were, there were problems in the house, right? So, and this kid was protecting the son from the father because the father would have these violent, not violent, but he would have these rages where he would scream and holler and everything. And at that point, everything made sense. It wasn't a demon that the father was hearing and seeing. It was this kid, this kid ghost. And he would he was running interference for the son. So at that point, and then I'll have to put the tape because then I can play it for you. I'll have to find it. I have it in my archives. I'll have to find it somewhere on a hard drive. So at that point, we convince him. We can hear, I start to talk to him. Monica starts to talk to him. The team that you know, the other team members that were there start to talk to him. To convince him that hey, it's okay. We, we we know what's going on in the house. We get it with the father. That the father has a medical ailment going on that's causing him to be this way. And so we were able to convince him to cross that his mother was waiting for him. Plus, he had the guilt, you know, from burning the house down. So the way it went down, and this is what's interesting when you work with somebody that does channeling work. Trish is sitting in this chair, and we start to talk him over. You know, where hey, your mother's over in the light, she's over off to the left on this wall. Oh, all of a sudden, Trish puts her hand out because that was my thing. I said, Reach out, reach for your mother's hand, she's reaching for you. Trish reaches her hand out. Well, it's him, but you know, Trish reaches her hand out, and then she stands up out of the chair. And it was one fluid movement, it wasn't like somebody getting out of a comfy chair. It was one big fluid movement, like she was being pulled forward, like something pulled her forward. So she, it's like it's like something pulls her out of the chair. She's standing there and starts to walk forward. And Monica and I are watching this. In fact, Monica's coming in behind Trish to make sure she doesn't fall down. She takes two steps forward and then falls back into the chair. At that point, I go, Trish, are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. I said, well, what's going on with him? He's crossed over. Okay. So that part of the day was done. So we go back out, take a little break, gather our thoughts, go back in, and we're talking to the family. And the, the disabled boy comes out. gives us a huge hug and thanks us because he no longer sees this, this this young man because he can see him all the time. So he no longer sees this young man. So he's hugging us. And so we go in, I'm talking to the family, did my report, because I had my report ready to go at that point. 
sat down with them, went over all the results that I had. The father agreed with me that this was going on in his head and that he was going to get checked, have all this looked at. And uh, never heard another word from them. But that, you know, that's the kind of investigation that makes you feel good to do it because you went out and you accomplished something. You figured out what was going on and you were able to help another soul cross. And that's that's what it's all about is being able to go out and do stuff. I mean, when you go out on these things, and that's one thing I always am explicit about with these teams that go out just to go ghost hunting and to say I'm a ghost hunter. When you go out and you start doing residential investigations, you're playing with somebody's mindset. You're playing with someone's mental state. You know, you don't know what's going on in that house, you know, mentally or whatever. I mean, that's what you have to sort out. You have to be a detective, a literal detective. You have to have people on your staff or know of people that are on, that aren't on your staff that can help people like this. Whether it's psychologists or whatever. I mean, that's that's your responsibility. That's horrible. You're going out. You're going into somebody's house. And you're, you know. And you just can't go out there going, ha, 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 it's a ghost. Yeah, okay, I figured this out. Have a nice day. That's not how it works. It's a very serious thing. Residential investigations are the most stressful thing a team can do if a team is serious about doing them. Because by the time they ask a ghost team to go out, they've exhausted pretty much everything. You know, they've done... Because I mean, everybody sees these ghost hunt shows, so they know what to do. They, they, they know to check for, for common things that, that would cause this, this activity to happen, right? So by the time they call you out, they're out of answers. Now it's your turn to go out and either debunk the stuff that's going on, you know, by, by finding natural causes for it, which we do. I have people that do construction on my team. And they know what to look for in houses, wiring, whatever, you know, that, that could be causing it. It's your responsibility to go out and, and, and really, really figure stuff out. That's why I have the staff that I do. I have nurse, you know, I have I have nurses on my staff. I have psychologists on my staff, social workers on my staff. Because I don't want to screw up a case and, and mess up somebody's life. I don't want to do that. Did a case out out in the Bay Area? This, this, this older woman was seeing things. Guess what? They changed her medication. Simple question. What medication are you on? And how recently have there been any changes to it? And the medication was causing her, causing her hallucinations. You have to do that. You have to sort through that stuff. It's not a game. It's not a game going off these things. And if you think it's a game, you're in... You're doing it wrong. Stick with hotels. Because all you're going to do is do damage. You know, all you're going to do is do damage. When you find a paranormal team, ask for references. Because you want an experienced team. I'm not just saying that because my team is my team. Okay? Not every team is my team. But I'm just saying this. Doing this 18 years, you have to be careful. And take a look. Take a look and see how long these teams have been around. Because a lot of the time, a lot of paranormal teams don't last. I mean, I've been doing this 18 years, and there's only two other teams in Sacramento that have been around as long as I have. 
The rest of them have come and go. There have been anywhere from five to 10, 10 to 15 active teams in this area. And there's only three that have consistently been here. That's what you have to look for too, is, is, is how long they've been here. You know, just to be careful with that. You know, what you get. But it is so, so important because you are dealing with people and their, and, and their mental states on these cases. It is so, so important to be able to do that and to be a good listener and to do your research and to go over the evidence. It may take you a month to go over that evidence. It's not like TV where you're gonna, they're gonna do it overnight and then you go, right, you go out there right away and say, okay, here's what we got. It may take you a month or two to go over that evidence, to really go over it. When I do those things online that I've been doing, you know, looking at people's ghost footage, I just don't nastily go, oh, this looks fake. I'm just going to say it's not, it's not a real ghost. I don't do that. I've always had an open forum with my team. If I find an EVP that sounds interesting, or if I see something on, on camera that, sound, that looks interesting, I will send it to three or four of my investigators to look at, too, to get their opinions on it before I even come up with anything. At the end of the investigation, when I take that report out, that 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 forty-seven page report out to the client, I've had two or three people look it over with me. Plus the plus the medium that went out is going to sign off on it. All eyes, because I don't want to make them. I don't want to make a stupid mistake or a mistake that's going to hurt somebody. I don't like doing that. So I'm the same way with these things. I've got a couple I'm going to be working on tonight with TikTok. I do the same thing with these. I will ask my investigators to look at it as well to see what they see with it. Or one of my, my, my mediums to ask them to see what they're feeling in it. Because I don't want to make a horrible mistake. I just don't. People's mental states with this stuff can get so, so messed up. So messed up. Okay, well, that was it. That's me chit-chatting for an hour. Glad you guys hung out. I know it wasn't the show you expected. I apologize. But I want to give you an update on, oh, oh yeah, my team. Yeah, like I said, we're going to start getting active and you're going to see more California haunts. I'm uh, getting ready to start filming individual investigators. I want you to get to know my team members. So I'm going to have uh, little short 10-minute videos or 5 to 10-minute videos. Uh, each investigator is going to be talking about themselves and their experience. So you get to know my investigation team. Okay, and I think it's a good way to bring us back out and let people know that, that we're not just about running around in the dark looking for ghosts, right? That we're serious about what we do. So I'm going to be filming here at the studio doing that. So that's going to get going. And Lots coming up, lots coming up, and uh, I guess these investigations rolling, and maybe get, like I said, get a couple media runs for Halloween, and you know, for the Halloween season, and all that good stuff. So we're gonna start, you're gonna start seeing more and more of the California Haunts team. All right, but uh, I just wanted to share some stuff with you and be very open with you guys. Like I said, I'm I'm learning how to be more open because it, because that's part of that's part of doing those TikTok lives where I have to learn to be more open. So I'm I've been working on doing that. 
Um, tomorrow's guest, I will not be here. Okay, this is a pre-record from last week. And Captain Paul Watson. And Captain Paul Watson is well, he's a captain and he is he also owns he also runs a group, an organization that is is protecting the whales and protecting you know ocean species. And he has a lot to say about what's going on with the oceans right now and how the how, how all the plankton's starting to disappear and, and that's better how that's gonna affect not only the fish, but it's gonna affect us. All right. We talked about whales and, and, and going after the, the different you know different uh, countries that, that that go after whales and stuff and the tuna fisheries. So I think you're gonna enjoy that. That's gonna be a YouTube thing. In fact, as soon as I get off here I want to be uploading that to YouTube. That's been over at the Patreon site for, for the Patreon members to, to see. But it's going to air tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. And uh, Captain Paul Watson is my guest. So I'm excited about that show. It's something that's near and dear to my heart, is the oceans and the fish in them and, and, uh, and uh, how, you know, how they're doing. So that was what that interview was about. So that will be tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. I want to thank you guys for sticking with me tonight. And I hope to see you tomorrow. And if I can, if you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with your enemies. Just try to get our numbers up. Uh, YouTube, we're 300 away. We're roughly 300 away now. Yeah, 300 away from that 1,000 subscriber mark. We're always looking for subscribers. Same thing if, you're, if you follow me on TikTok. If you can subscribe, that would be great. You know, so... Uh, Help me out a little bit. You know, we're just trying to, I'm just trying to build everything up. Got all these multimedia things going on. Don't know which way to jump sometimes. And like with Monday, I was exhausted, so I had to take a night off. It'll be nice to have another night off tomorrow night as well. Even though, um, for those of you that haven't signed up yet and you're interested, head on over to the California House Meetup because I still have openings for these, uh, these meditations. Take about 30 minutes out of your life at night, or you can do it during the day. I've set one up for 3.30 p.m. For the people on the East Coast and uh, 7.45 after this show on the West Coast and we do a meditation. And it's usually three, four times a week. If you're interested in that, come on over and sign up. It's kind of a cool thing. Calm things down in your life. Get that going, you know. All right. Well, I'm going to quiet it down. I'll uh, see you guys on video tomorrow night. And uh, I'll, be, I'll probably be in the chat room tomorrow night. We'll see. How that goes, I may have a meeting tomorrow night uh, coming up. I won't know until tomorrow. But uh, if I'm not there tomorrow, I'll definitely be here live on Friday with Nancy Matz for our usual show. And, uh, yeah, I will see you guys. So here we go. Let me go ahead and end this out. Have a great evening, everybody. <laughs>